there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you so much for being here with us and being a proactive parent, getting the resources you need, and especially in these sort of trying times that we're in. You know, there are hints in the news today, in my newspaper anyway. I'm in California. I know people are listening from all over the world, um, and it's it's different for the, the COVID, uh, the COVID-19, the coronavirus issue. They're talking about possible phasing in and out, you know, out of shelter at home. But there's still a lot of us that really need to to stay at home, hunker down. And that's really hard on children with autism. And so I really want to make sure that I'm here in this time to support you in that process. And so today's show is all about sensory processing, fun and games that you can do at home with your child and that will be able to uh, help calm their sensory needs. And we will talk a little bit further about that for sure um, so that you're familiar with what's going on with your child because this might be even sort of new to you um, or it'll help you at least better understand and how those things, those issues can be calmed. So we have some great, great resources to share with you today. And of course, I want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're aware of all of the steps and, and stages to naturally recover from autism. And the definition of recovery is to regain health. Now, I was once told that my own son could not recover from his symptoms of autism and that I should drug him and, and try some, you know, behavioral therapies and that that would be really all we could do for him. But since I have a background in craniosacral therapy and studying the brain, I knew the brain could heal. And I wanted to find out what the causes of my son's symptoms were and not just mask symptoms, especially with drugs that had negative side effects. So I quickly found out that, you know, it was really going to be up to me. And I'm, I hear this from many parents, you know, we become our, we are our, our child's best advocate and we are looking for the resources we need to figure out what we can do for our child to help them. So now it's been 14 years since I started my quest and depth in autism recovery and my son today is fully recovered from his symptoms of autism. He's no longer diagnosable and everybody's level of recovery is different. And I always want to make sure I say that because, but I can tell you your child can improve and this is about improving their health, their immune system. They can sleep better. They can be able to focus in a classroom or focus in the therapies you're giving them and be able to, to, to do the tasks that are asked of them. My son used to say, mom, I want to, but I can't. And it was heartbreaking for me to see him trying, but not be able to. And today that, that wouldn't be the case for him at all. He lives away. He's graduating college in a few weeks and he lives 800 miles away on his own in his own apartment. And he's absolutely fine. And he, he's brilliant, but he, he couldn't focus back then and that those issues are gone. So I want to make sure that you know that your child can improve. And so you need to know the right stages and steps to do it. So I have my free workshop available for you uh, to be, be sure that you know what those are. And stage one is, of course, going through all of the issues of healing the gut. Stage two is natural heavy metal detoxification. Stage three, very important, clearing the co-infections of autism like mold and Lyme and strep. And then also then brain support and repair once all the inflammation and the toxins have been reduced or removed. Now the brain and the child can be who they are 
And if they need some extra support, you'll know what it, what else you can do for them there. And that free workshop is available to you right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. And please share that link with anybody you know who could use it because I just want parents to, again, have as many resources and as much knowledge as possible. It's very, very important. And um, so you can do the best for your child and that you also have more tools. And again, back to tools, we're going to talk today about some of these sensory, um, some of the sensory processing issues that our children can have, where they have trouble calming down, or they need constant stimulation, or you might even notice they will act out. Um, maybe they lack uh, uh, ability to um, to control their impulsivity. They just will all of a sudden lash out. And so these are things that there can all be help, there's help for. And today we have a sensory autism, a sensory processing disorder specialist with us today. And I'd like to introduce her to you. Her name is Lindsay Beal. And Lindsay is a pediatric occupation, occupational therapist with a private practice in New York City where she evaluates and treats children, adolescents, and young adults with sensory processing issues, developmental delays, autism spectrum disorders, and other challenges. She is co-author of the award-winning Raising a Sensory Smart Child, the definitive handbook for helping your child with sensory processing issues with a forward by Temple Grandin. She is also the author of Sensory Processing Challenges, Effective Clinical Work with Kids and Teens, co-created and Sensory Processing Processing Masterclass DVD program, has authored two chapters in Dr. William Steele's book, Optimizing Learning Outcomes, and you can visit her at her website, sensorysmarts.com and sensoryprocessingchallenges.com. And also, I want you to know that all of the links that we're going to talk about today are going to be on a show notes page that I've created for you at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 78. And also, we have a free guide that we're going to give to you, a free download that you can get. And you can grab it right now as you're listening and follow along with us in the show because um, it's going to give you some at-home toys and games that you can you can use and utilize um, especially during this time where you're sort of shut in but then always so uh, you get that free download uh, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash fun and that's there for you again right now to um, to access and if you'd like to follow along with Lindsay and I so Lindsay welcome and thank you so much for being here with us today such a pleasure to join you um, and I know uh, I'm in the Northeast and we are still very much under stay at home and I have been doing a lot of telehealth sessions with kids and teenagers and, and young, the young adults that I work with and you know everyone's gone a little bit batty with being inside and the changes in routine especially for my lovely clients who are on the spectrum it is so hard for them it's hard for us it's hard for the adults everything we know you know we all thrive on predictability and routines and familiarity and here we are with everything kind of upside down and topsy-turvy um the kids who are going to school who are going into sensory clinics ot clinics are not getting the interventions that they're used to getting. And my dear hope is that they are getting some remote therapy. Um, 
And I've been doing these sessions myself, and I have to say, it was it's difficult to do because you can't do the hands-on. Uh, it's hard for your child's therapist to connect with their kids. But I think we're all um, I'm, I'm involved in national boards or chat boards to give support to each other. Doing telehealth, my hope is that your kids um, are receiving the services that are mandated to their school system. But we know that the school system is mandating school-based intervention. So they may not be the sensory uh, integration strategies that your kids need. And we're going to be talking about that um, in a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, we're, we need to take actually a short break right here. But when we come back, we'll jump we'll jump into all of these things, the tools that you can use at home. And again, while we're on that break, make sure you get that, that download, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash fun. And um, there, there is a, um, a rhythmic movement online program at the bottom of that page that you can also take a look at um, that is something that parents can also utilize from home because that's, that's what it's about. Like you're saying, this telemarketing, telemedicine, everything, being able to do things online. And so um, we want to be able to give you those resources. So stay with us. We're going to take a short break and we'll jump right back into this when we come back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas and today we are talking about at home fun to help calm sensory needs especially during this time when you've been shut in with your child more your child is not used to this and a lot of children with autism are really having a lot of sensory overload issues they're having a lot of stress attacks i had one mom uh, write into me last week and say that her son had had a, a PANS or strep outbreak because of the in the, just the stress in his body from being shut in for so long. And not everybody is in a place where it's even warm enough to, to spend much time in your backyard or, you know, and it's hard not to be able to, to get out as much with our kids or do some of the, the sensory um, calming things that they are used to being able to do. So again, we're here to give you those tools. If you haven't downloaded your, your free, um, your free resource guide to some at-home fun games. That's at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash fun. It's available for you. Please share it. It's open to anybody who needs it. We're here to support you. And we have Lindsay Beal, who is an occupational therapist who specializes in uh, pediatrics and works with children with autism. 
And we were talking a little bit about some of these sensory issues that you're finding, Lindsay, are, are hard sometimes for parents to do through, you know, just the internet or, or whatever work needs to be done. And so what are the things, some of the things you're experiencing now? And, and also maybe we should take a, a little step back and just give a little bit of background on what is happening with a child who has a sensory uh, disorder of some kind. So parents are a little bit for, more familiar of really what their child might be experiencing and why. Okay. Um, that's a big step back. Um, <laughs> in a nutshell though, I mean, Parents of kids on the spectrum, you know, almost every single child on the spectrum has some type of sensory processing issue, whether it's hypersensitivity to sound or touch or movement or smells, um, you know, so there's that hypersensitivity piece. There's also some hypo undersensitivity where they actually need a lot of of bright, exciting noises to really tune in and focus um, where they may need a lot of deep pressure input to just feel good and feel comfortable or a lot of movement input. Now, sometimes I'm finding that it, it's interesting speaking with, with families. Some kids are actually doing a little bit better in terms of some of their sensory hypersensitivities now that they're home and they're not going out and about and dealing with the onslaught of sensory input from the outside environment and, you know, crowded school bus and the subway systems in the cities and so on. So, but there's a, this craving of movement and input that we all need in order to feel like ourselves um, and have a sense of safety and security um, in the environment. So, we're going to talk about, we're going to start with some movement and body awareness uh, issues. One thing, of course, is getting outside and taking a walk if it is all possible. Now, we know that our kids need to wear masks. Um, here in New York, everyone over age two is required to wear a mask in public where they can observe what I like to call physical distancing. I hate the social distancing. Um, because it's a, it's about a physical separation. I think this is a time to be more connected than ever socially. Um, so now our friends on the spectrum can't stand to wear that mask to go outside for a walk, some of them. So some quick hacks on that would be, first of all, to make it a personal kind of thing, like a superhero mask, even if it's... Um, so, you know, adding a sticker to the mask so that it looks like, you know, it's a Spider-Man mask or something like that. Taking red fabric and drawing on spider webs so that it becomes cool and part of fun. Um, other parents are, um, I've seen uh, parents sewing buttons on the side of like a baseball cap so that the, the straps from the mask can hang on the buttons instead of directly around their ears or around the back of their head. For some people, that's more comfortable. Um, for kids with long hair, girls in particular, having ponytails or little side buns like Leia from uh, Star Wars, and then you can attach the straps to the buns or the ponytails. So anyway, but the big thing is to get outside, get some fresh air, and do a reset of the body and the brain. 
Now, that's not always possible. We're going to talk about a lot of things you can do indoors, but I wanted to make sure to begin to address some of the mask issues, even using some moleskin or some soft cotton underneath those straps may make it more comfortable for a child to, to wear it outside for a little bit. Um, so, oh, also, oh, all right, let's go through, hopefully people have uh, downloaded the, uh, the wonderful at-home play ideas uh, that we've pulled together for you. And I'll do them in order, uh, not in order of preference, but in order of appearance on this list. Now, if your child or you um, usually go to um, a sensory gym kind of setting at school or out in an OT clinic, or if you're an older person and you get to go to a, a real gym gym um, and do some pull-ups on bars, that kind of thing, you're not going to be able to do that now. So the amazing thing is there are indoor bars that can be attached right to um, a door frame. Uh, needs to be done safely, um, you know, properly following the instructions. There's a link there um, on the website for you. And you can, um, it comes with a trapeze bar. There's a net swing that you can hook on. There are strap swings, like, you know, more traditional playground swings. Um, all different kinds of attachments uh, to this door. Now, this is one that hangs in the door frame. And if you have a child that is not going to be satisfied with just back and forth movement or like a pull-up movement, a child that likes to do a lot of side-to-side -side swinging, this is not going to be for that person. Um, but that is an option for you. Um, there are also freestanding swings. They run into a whole lot more money that you can get from some of the therapy catalogs. Hopefully you have a swing in your backyard that you can use. One of my favorite toys to use with kids is called a Zoom ball. That's a plastic kind of a football that travels along two strings um, back and forth from one player to the next. Each player is holding two handles and kind of taking turns, making that ball zoom back and forth. That is wonderful for cooperation, um, for upper body strength, for visual perceptual skills. Doing games like yoga spinner, um, it, it, you know, it's yoga exercises, but because it comes with a spinner and there are different cards, it becomes so much more fun. Yeah, there are a lot of great things that, that can be done in the home. And then those can be brought outdoors into the backyard later on um, uh, when the weather's nicer or other times work too. We have a, a whole list of these we're going to run through. First, we're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to naturallyrecoveringautism.com. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we're talking about at-home fun to help calm sensory needs. If you haven't already gotten your free resource guide to follow along with us now during the show, it's at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash fun. And uh, we're running through uh, with, we have Lindsay Beal, who is a sensory processing disorder specialist who works with pediatrics and children with autism. And we are running through the that fun list of games uh, and to kind of help you understand a little bit more of what we have um, put together for you and, and what the games will do for your child. So, uh, Lindsay, do you want to go ahead and um, just kind of continue with, you know, with discussing some of these these fun games and what they can do for a child? 
Sure, absolutely. Um, so I was talking about some movement games that also help to build body awareness and strength and all of those good things and, and get the body feeling good again. Um, the, uh, another one is uh, there are many, many different card decks that are available online. Um, I mentioned earlier the Yoga Spinner. It's really a card deck um, with a built-in spinner. You can also find online spinners, by the way, uh, kind of nifty thing to do. You can just Google online spinner, and then you can customize a spinner. Kids hit a button, and it, it spins, and then you get, like, a number. You can set it up for numbers or colors. Anyway, so um, – the next one would be Pilates for Kids on your list. And those are different cards that have different moves that are designed to get kids moving and also to strengthen. Now, things like yoga and Pilates, um, unless you've done some of, some of this yourself, you may not be familiar with the, these postures or be able to really guide your child through it. Uh, in, in a great way. Maybe you can, and good for you if you can. Um, these might be things, if you're getting some remote therapy, that you may want to share with your therapist and have them pick the ones that are right for your child, um, especially if your child's in physical therapy, receiving any kind of physical therapy. Um, so there are other ones, like there's one called Yoga Rilla, like Gorilla, but it's Yoga Rilla. That's another one. We don't have a link uh, here for that, but you can find that online. So moving on down the list, um, I happen to love trampolines. Uh, they're really great. That good pounding on a trampoline um, gives kids a really good, strong sense of body awareness and physical security. Now, I'm not beginning to suggest that they just bounce around on that thing and go flying anywhere. You have to be supervising them. I happen to like um, trampolines that have a handle, right? Something they must hold on to and get their bouncing done or ones that have a net that goes around the outside. So there are outdoor ones that you see all over the country, but there are also indoor ones um, that, that are smaller and have a handle so that a child can safely bounce. Now, one of my favorite things to do with kids is to use punch balloons, and those are stronger than regular balloons, and they're bigger. So I'll inflate a punch balloon, or I'll have a child learn how to inflate it, um, and we'll play a variety of games with the punch balloon. So, for example, one game is balloon tennis, and with that, um, I use really inexpensive uh, plastic tennis rackets. I've given you a link for that. Um, I've also picked them up uh, very inexpensively at places like Target, which I noticed is open. All the stores where I am are closed, but Target is open because they sell food. So you can pick those up someplace like that. Um, you can use a plastic tennis racket and create a net uh, using any kind of string or set up a load of, you know, line up some chairs or something to create a net and practice swatting that balloon back and forth. Um, I also like to play toy toss um, with uh, the punch balloon. And with that, I'll have a child count X number of stuffed toys. I happen to like Beanie Baby kind of toys. They have a nice heft to it. Um, 
but it's also nice to have a lot of different size stuffed toys to throw um, and make sure there are no hard plastic parts and that there, you don't have any glass vases around or anything breakable. And what you're going to do here is you're going to toss the punch balloon up in the air and have the child try to hit it. This really works out nicely for eye-hand coordination, attention, and also a sensory system called proprioception, and that's um, a sensory input from your joints, muscles, and connective tissue. And it's, it's just, it's a lovely, fun game. You're going to start it easy, toss that punch balloon straight up in the air fairly close to the child so that they can hit it easily with the stuffed toy. Slowly, you know, as the child gains skill, you're going to uh, move back so that they have to throw farther and aim more carefully. Um, one of the things I love to do with kids is make a sensory pathway. Now, I've given you a link with sensory path decals um, that you can buy online. They're vinyl designs, you know, you with arrows and footprints, and you can create a pathway um, that your child would have to follow, like jumping onto the feet and then following the arrow to run and then turning right to follow the right you know, direction. Um, or you can also make your own using sidewalk chalk. If you can get outside with a mask on or be somewhere where you're, there's no way you're going to be close to other people and set that up on the sidewalk. Um, you know, I'll do frog jump. I'll set things up for frog jumps, for hopping on one foot, from jumping from number to number, that kind of thing. Gets lots of wonderful, wonderful input. Now, um, you want to be careful uh, in case the child has any sensitivities to chalk or allergies to chalk. Um, you know, our kids tend to be very, very sensitive. So there's tons, you know, you can set it create a hopscotch board, that kind of thing. Now, I've been talking a lot about things that you need to go out and buy. And let's say you're like many people right now, you're really trying to make every dollar stretch. You can do with some creativity a lot of free things, right? I mean, even having an afternoon dance party. Let's say your child has been on Zoom all morning with their class and they're just climbing the walls because they, they need to move and they need to, to get their yayas out. Just putting on some great music loud and everybody just dances and goes, goes nuts is great. Setting up your own obstacle course with sofa cushions to climb an obstacle, you know, a mountain of sofa cushions. I have gotten kids to really get moving by playing Simon Says. Um, you know the game, Simon says, touch your head, jump, Simon says, jump five times, Simon says, do 10 jumping jacks, that kind of thing. You can really get some good aerobic exercise there. Um, also, if you go, here I am sending you back to the computer, to gonoodle.com, this website is filled with free, fun movement and mindfulness activities that you can do with kids to either rev them up and get their yayas out or, or, you know, to also calm down and be ready to join that, that class meeting online. 
Yeah, a lot of people tend to to really like Go Noodle. It's got a lot of uh, great activities there too. And we have more coming with tactile and auditory and some self-regulation, but we need to take a very short break right here. So you were listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you for being here with us today. Uh, we are talking about at-home fun to help calm sensory needs and as a parent, especially a parent of child with autism, if you're home during this, you know, this sort of ch- shut in time where we're not supposed to be out too much in public and and we're at home a lot more, a lot of tools are needed to, to help kids and parents with what you can do for entertainment, have it be fun, and also things that can help calm sensory needs. So that's what we're here about. If you haven't already gotten today's, uh, the free download that I have created to go along with this show, um, this episode, you can get that now to follow along with us at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash fun. And we have uh, Lindsay Beal with us here today. She is a sensory processing disorder expert. She works with pediatrics and uh, well, children of all ages, but she's also specializes in working with children with autism. And we've been going down the list of fun games, and we are now at Tactile. So if you're just jumping in, you can you can meet us there. Uh, so, Lindsay, do you want to just go ahead with uh, talking a little bit more about some of the games that are on this list? Sure. You know, I always recommend um, when I uh, go into schools, and uh, I, I do a lot of staff development trainings uh, with schools to help schools become more sensory smart and use sensory strategies that help students stay comfortable. And one of my uh, most common recommendations and one I get a lot of pushback against is using a hand fidget in the classroom. So it's something in the person's hand that they can use that helps them to stay regulated through the tactile sense. The great thing is when you're home, it's not an issue. Um, A child can absolutely easily uh, incorporate a hand fidget during uh, online lessons. So for a young child, um, I love having kids use, having kids use Play-Doh. Um, it's wonderful just to squeeze and help to self-regulate. Now, if it's not learning time to use that Play-Doh with the classic fun factory, I need to take a drink here. Hold on one second. You hear me coughing, but I'm, uh, it's just an innocent allergy cough. Um, <laughs> so it really, it's, it's such a crazy time. You cough in public and it's like you're, you know, the worst person on the planet. People are terrified. (laughs) Oh, everyone's so terrified. This is going to pass, everyone. It's going to pass. We'll get through this together. Um, Okay, so we were talking about Play-Doh, which is such a, it's one of my favorite things, even as an adult, but using that, squeezing it, hiding little toys in it, and digging through the Play-Doh to find the little uh, little toy could, um, using the fun factory, feeding that Play-Doh down into the little tunnel and then pushing down on the lever arm. You can make purple spaghetti or green snakes or, you know, so much fun. We're, most of us are familiar with the old-fashioned uh, 
fun factory, but as kids get older, they don't want to use Play-Doh. It's for babies. You know, some kids are like that. So then I like to transition them to um, something called Crazy Aaron's Thinking Putty. Uh, first of all, the name is so fabulous. And there's a million different kinds of, of uh, thinking putties out there. Um, there are ones that are magnetized. Uh, so they come with a nice big you know, a magnetizing uh, piece of iron, I guess, and that magnetizes the whole thing. So kids can squeeze that and play with that and use it to pick up, you know, explore uh, magnetics, explore whether it picks up um, coins or a paper clip or a nail or different things like that. It's a lot of fun for kids. But there's some just some basic colors. Uh, find the color that the child likes. Um, and use that. For some kids, they love making um, their own customized thinking putties. So there are different sets um, that are called Mix by Me thinking putty. Um, there, there are ones that glow in the dark, ones that sparkle, ones that are holographic, uh, all different things like that. And again, it's getting that tactile input into the hands. It also works to strengthen the hands, all of these different putties that I've been talking about. And hand strength is so important as we approach things like um, handwriting and learning to tie shoelaces, if, if that's a possibility. Um, so those are all wonderful. I also love kinetic sand. Um, and you can make your own. I know it's kind of pricey um, online. Um I've given you a link for a set of uh, two pounds of sand along with 10 tools. And kinetic sand, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's, it's a sanitary sand with a silicone added to it. So that's kind of liquid and you can dribble it and it's not going to go all over the place. It just kind of like a, like a thick liquid goes right back where it should be. Of course, you can, I'm sure, if you really want to make a mess with this stuff, you can. Um, but it, it's really, it's wonderful. Uh, it's kind of, moon sand is quite similar to it. And there are recipes for Play-Doh and kinetic sand and goop and flarp and all of those things um, online that are a lot of fun. Um, so those are some good things, and they're just really relaxing and organizing and, and soothing to the tactile system. Um, there are, I like using stress balls. Um, there are um, do-it-yourself stress relief balls uh, that you can make, um, and I've given you a link for that. And it's basically you put water beads and some glitter and some water into the very, very heavy-duty balloon. I believe it is latex balloon. Uh, you don't want one that's going to break easily. So if your child has problems with latex, you want to skip that one. Um, that's a lot of fun. And then make a sensory bin. All right, look around at what you have in your house. Um, do you have some extra dry rice and beans, uncooked dry rice and beans, obviously not for a child who's going to try to eat it or put it at their mouth or in their ears, you know, use your good sense, um, packing peanuts, uh, different things that you may have around. It's really, really fun. You can bury little construction vehicles in there, little plastic animals and so on. And you can, and you can, yeah. So we'll talk about more things like gardening later.
Oh, gardening's a great idea. I love getting hands in the earth. It's so important, too. We're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about at-home fun and uh, to help with calm, to help calm sensory at needs while you're at home a little bit more with the coronavirus going on. And, and even later on, you can use these tools to help, uh, help your kids, you know, be entertained and having fun while it's also helping calm some of the sensory issues. And one of the things that I think is important um, that we talk about also mm-hmm. is gardening, because it's one of my favorite things to do. And I think I, I am all about nature, getting your children outside when you can and getting their hands in the dirt. As you know, we're into springtime here, you could plant a garden and then have them also help to to cultivate that garden, show them that what they have planted grows and that they can eventually eat the food that they've they've made. So um, uh, I think that that's really important. And we have Lindsay Beal with us here today, an occupational therapist, uh, works with uh, sensory disorders. Lindsay, um, what's your, what are your thoughts on, on gardening as well? Because we were talking about tactile um, and I just thought that that was a good thing to go into. Sure. You know, gardening, it's something I love to do and I love to do with kids because they really do enjoy learning about that cause and effect that happens with gardening um, and all of the tactile input with, you know, using a trowel, using a shovel, using all that stuff um, and then sorting through and, and poking holes and putting in the seeds. It's just all so much fun. One of the great outcomes that I've seen with gardening is not not just the pleasure of of helping something to have life and grow, but also kids are more willing to eat something that they've grown themselves so that I've seen kids willing to try a tomato, um, willing to try green beans, um, all different kinds of herbs that they may not have been willing to try. Other words, you know, the dreaded green um, (laughs) on that plain pasta with butter, um, if you've grown it yourself, uh, it, it becomes a whole different thing. So it may be possible to introduce a wider variety of foods to kids when they've grown it and, and even help to cook it themselves. Cooking's another thing um, to think about is how can you get your kids involved in the whole cooking process. Um, we're going to move into auditory. And, you know, music is one of the great uh great mood shifters that is available to your child and to you at any time. When I'm in a really lousy mood, you know, if I put on the right music, it can instantly shift um, how I'm feeling and how I'm functioning. Now, it's a very idiosyncratic kind of thing. Um, What may make you feel calm and organized uh, may really dysregulate your child. So you really need to explore what is going to help um, so that the Mozart that you might love or Joni Mitchell that you just feel great when you're listening to her may just like send your kid into a tailspin. So you're going to need to experiment with that and figure out what works to help your child to wake up and feel nicely aroused, um, optimally optimally aroused in the morning, not over aroused, uh, but also not sleepy. So they're ready to get online and, and do what they need to do um, remotely with their school. 
Um, but also to take those dance party breaks um, that I'm really a firm believer. Like, how about a before dinner dance party? Listening to, you know, whatever you like, Beyonce, whatever. Um, everyone agrees is, is good music. Um, listening to ambient noises. You know, what's going to happen is kids are getting used to being at home where parents are controlling the environment or, you know, if it's you yourself, you are controlling your environment. Um, and soon enough, before you know it, it feels like forever, but we are going to be going out and about and resuming our normal activities. There's a lot of noise out there and a lot of people on the spectrum are hypersensitive to noise. So you don't want to shut out noise completely. You do want to make sure that you still have exposure to ambient noise um, and ambient noise, meaning the environmental noise that we all deal with all day long. One of the great ways you can do that is by going to this wonderful website called mynoise.net. Now, there's also an app uh, for a tablet or a smartphone, and you can listen to ambient sounds like traffic, construction vehicles. Um, there are also nice noises like babbling brooks and, you know, Gregorian chants, all different kinds of noise. And one of the really great features there is that you can mix your own noise. Um, and this is a wonderful tool for people who have difficulty focusing on something that they're doing. If there's any noise going on in the environment, you can mix a preferred noise um, and play that like background noise so that um, other noises don't bother you. And for example, let's say your child really has trouble falling asleep unless the house is completely silent. Well, that's not going to work because there are other people in the house. Um, Right. I mean, I'm sure those of you who whose kids have this problem, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you can find a like white noise or pink noise, mix it on this website and play that. That's going to drown out all the other noise. And that may be a good quick fix for that. Um, I've also listed here uh, the Vibes Hi-Fi concert earplugs. That's good for kids who need to block out really unacceptable noises. I feel bad for kids who are stuck at home and there's a construction project going on out on their street or in the neighborhood and it's really interfering uh, with their focus for reading and so on. You can use these earplugs. Um, I was some visual talking input. with my... I was talking with my members a little bit about the Vibes um, High Fidelity Concert Earplugs. Those can also by, be used by parents who are home with children who like to scream in the house for a release. So <laughs> parents, to keep yourself sane, I think uh, those can be also utilized by you as well. You know, we need to take a short break right here. And then when we come back, we'll talk about self-regulation. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. 
The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. I want to thank you again for being here with us today. If you haven't yet gotten your free uh, resource guide to these at-home fun uh, sensory calming games that you can play with your child at home, using them now during this sort of shut-in time during the coronavirus or in the future uh, forever. There's some great tools here. Uh, there's a free download available for you if you haven't already gotten it. It's at natural, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash fun. I'll also put some ga- some uh, some notes for the episode today at uh, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 78, uh, just so you know that they're there. And we have uh, Lindsay Beal with us here today. And Lindsay, I want to thank you again for being here with us so much. Uh, and we have one more thing to talk about uh, with a little bit of time left, and that is self-regulation. So, um, Lindsay, why don't you go ahead and, and talk about that a little bit? Sure. You know, self-regulation, we're all struggling to self-regulate. And what do we mean by self-regulating? It's having responses to things that are in proportion uh, to what's happening. It's not overreacting. It's just feeling that sense of calm and focus and being able to breathe through everything that's going on. And so one of the ways that we self-regulate, well, we self-regulate through movement as needed, um, using things like what I've mentioned, as well as there's one more, um, Super Duper uh, Inc. has a, a card deck called Move Your Body, and it's, again, it's an easy way to use movement to self-regulate and feel good. But the way that we self-regulate most is through our breath. So it is through breathing. When we're feeling upset, when we're feeling, you know, anxious, we stop breathing. We start to breathe really shallowly. So it's very important if you had to do one break um, to, to do a reset, it would be through breathing. A really fun activity you can do with your kids is called Bubble Mountain. And if you have straws, or aquarium tubing, anything like that. You can practice having kids blow through that straw, have them practice blowing feathers or cotton balls across the table or off your hand. Once you have a really nicely established blowing act action, you can have them put that straw into a bowl of soapy water and have them blow into the water and create this huge mountain of bubbles. It's so much fun. You may need to help them physically to make sure they're not going to drink any of that soapy water. So you may want to teach them how to remove the straw 
or from the bubbles or remove their lips from the straw in order to take a nice deep inhale and then exhale. Anytime we can exhale fully, we're going to inhale fully and reoxygenate our bodies. Um, a great activity that you can teach your child, use yourself, is called Take Five Breathing. Um, you can find it online. There's a video. There's a poster. But basically, you're going to outstretch your hand, uh, separate your fingers, and run a finger. Uh, uh, run your opposite hand's finger up the thumb, inhaling up to the top of the thumb, holding for a minute, and exhaling as you travel down the thumb. Inhaling as you go up the index finger, holding on top and exhaling as you go down, and so on until you do all five fingers. Um, again, you can see a video on how to do that. It's sort of, you, you know, seeing a picture's worth a billion words. Um, so take a look at that online. Um, to do that deep breathing reset really helps shift moods and minds. Also looking at whistles and blow toys, or even, you know, we're telling our kids to be quiet and use an indoor voice. When kids are getting really agitated, they need to use that outdoor voice. It helps them to breathe better. So you can have a dinosaur minute um, where everybody is the loudest dinosaur that they can be, or a big monster, and everyone just, like, makes monster noises as loud as they can. Anytime your child makes a loud noise, they have to exhale. And after that exhale, it's always followed by an inhale. And that's how we use the breath so that they, we feel self-regulated and ready to move on to the next thing. It's been really, really helpful. I'm so sorry, Lindsay, we are out of time and I would love to continue this conversation. Uh, just so everybody knows, I have put some show notes and a link to an, another interview I've done with Lindsay in the past at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 78. Uh, make sure you get your, your free download resource guide for all of these uh, resources here. And real quick to mention that you, I, I I am able to give you free access to a ticket to the Autism One virtual conference, which will be in May. For a very limited time, you can get a free ticket using my link. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash AO for Autism One. And um, that's available to you too. There are over 100 expert speakers like this of different uh, genres and pieces for autism that will be very helpful for you. So again, thank you, Lindsay, so much for being here. I really appreciate your time, your expertise and parents. I hope this is really helpful for you and helps you at home. Everybody stay safe, be healthy, and we'll see you next week.